Thank you for checking out this episode of the Fight Talk Podcast. This is Steven Jensen. Today's episode, I've got Paul Brady returning to the show to help me predict the Royal Rumble 2018. And these picks, of course, are brought to you by WrestleRumble.com. So WrestleRumble.com is the place to be for their Royal Rumble Pick'em Contest. You want to know why? There is a lot of cash and a lot of prizes on the line just for picking pro wrestling. Believe it or not, the prizes, you're not going to believe this when you hear it, $1,000 cash for first prize in the Royal Rumble Pick'em Contest over at WrestleRumble.com. And also, second place is $100 and a free replica WWF Winged Eagle Championship belt. So that right there is worth a few hundred bucks in itself. And then there's going to be prizes for third place, fourth place, fifth place. There's going to be artwork. There's going to be more money. So, I mean, I can't say it and stress it enough. WrestleRumble.com is the place to be for these Royal Rumble Pick'em contests and all the contests for all the pay-per-views, all the major WWF, WWE shows, I should say. Still say WWF, even though it's been, it's been years. But that's the place to be. And these picks, like I said, are brought to you by them. And what you're going to do is you're going to go on WrestleRumble.com. You're going to fill out their form of questions. It's going to have questions about when people will enter the Royal Rumble. It's going to have questions about how many super, probably I haven't seen the, the question list yet, but it'll probably have questions about how many suplexes Brock Lesnar is going to hit, or if we're going to see announce tables break, or of course, you know, the winners of each matches and surprise entrance and all this great stuff. So if you're like me and you're already telling people what's going to happen at the Royal Rumble, you have, you have an opportunity here to win real money. Real, real money and real prizes, once again, at WrestleRumble.com. And of course, you're going to hear me talking about that throughout this episode, but I wanted to throw that out there. Also, just want to give a quick shout out to our other sponsors, Heroes and Legends, who are a pro wrestling collectible and memorabilia company. Make sure to follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HL Pro Wrestling, and also Brian Jensen. Brian Jensen is a USA boxing coach, MMA instructor, and personal trainer out of Sandy Springs, Georgia. That's in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Follow him on Instagram at Atlanta Boxing Coach. That's all spelled out, Atlanta Boxing Coach. So it's Brian Jensen going to knock out workout without getting knocked out. Hit him up right now. With that all being said, well, you know what? Let me tell you what we're going to talk about on this episode so you don't get lost. Uh, basically, we start off by talking for a little while about the Enzo Amore situation as well as the XFL revival because we had this conversation right before that announcement took place. But we did have a pretty good idea that's what it was going to be. So we talked some general pro wrestling stuff, some XFL, and then we get into the Royal Rumble predictions. I also give my NXT TakeOver uh, Philadelphia predictions right at the beginning as well. So we've got a whole bunch of stuff for you guys today. Kick back, relax, enjoy this podcast. Me and Paul Braddy talking pro wrestling, talking NXT, and also, of course, the Royal Rumble. Thank you for hitting the download and subscribe button on iTunes and Google Play. This is Steven Jensen. You're listening to the Fight Talk Podcast. Today is Royal Rumble Predictions. Uh, Some of you may have already seen my predictions on the Daily DDT. I do a full breakdown of these predictions, but I wanted to make sure I got it on here for the podcast for you guys. And I also brought on a special guest who you haven't heard from in quite a while. We got Mr. Paul Brady back on the show with his deep molassesy voice to give us predictions as well. So before we get started, Paul, how have you been, man? Steven, thank you so much for letting me be on the show. Uh, I am the 
Hillbilly Jim to your Hulk Hogan act, uh, randomly popping up, uh, wrestling some midgets here and there, and uh, making some random predictions. So I've been good, man. Yeah, I've man. Been good. A lot going on out there. Evidently, there's a whole lot of announcements flying all over WWE that we'll get to, and uh, outside of WWE, just a lot of stuff going on. It's really exciting. Royal Rumble is one of my favorite uh, pay-per-views or events of the year, so I'm really excited to talk to you about this. Yeah, me too. It's my favorite show of the year, every year. I mean, WrestleMania is obviously always WrestleMania, and I try to go to WrestleMania live every year, so it's you know a different experience. But as far as like the shows that I watch on television every year, it's always the Royal Rumble is my favorite every single time. Like I love the production of it. I love the countdowns. I love the the entrances, the unpredictability. And this year we have two Rumble matches. I mean, we have the women and the men, so this is the first year. So there's a lot of unpredictability going on. Um, I also wanted to mention that I'm going to give quick NXT TakeOver Philadelphia predictions also right before we start talking about the Royal Rumble. Just want to make sure everyone gets those. Um, but also I want to mention that we're recording this podcast. It is Thursday the 25th around 1.30 or so Central Time. And you'll hear this podcast tomorrow, you know, tomorrow for us, which will be Friday. Um, so by then... Vince McMahon and WWE will have made whatever the big announcement is that's going to be happening in around a half hour or so. Um, From what I understand, it's going to be the XFL revival announcement and that they're going to be coming back in the year 2020. So 2020, we should be getting the XFL, but we're going to be getting a formal announcement of some kind here in about a half hour or so. Um, Big news over there. Um, It's also worth mentioning that Triple H said in a conference call yesterday, don't know if you've heard this yet or not, Paul, but... Uh, Triple H has mentioned that Vince is open to selling the company, which is a very big deal. Uh, because with with Vince, you know, running the XFL, it's it looks like it might be his escape plan and something that he can keep his his time occupied with, and then sell the company to either Triple H and Stephanie or possibly Disney is like the other company that's kind of in the talks. So a lot going on there, plus the Enzo stuff. So we got we got plenty to talk about, man. <laughs> you talk about NXT uh, and then we got hit on all that I've got opinions you know me yeah I, I'm old school I've got a lot of opinions and I've been through a lot of this stuff already especially the XFL so let's uh, let, get, get your NXT rundown and then uh, then we'll get into all we'll unpack all that stuff that you just mentioned alright perfect perfect so here's my NXT predictions for NXT TakeOver Philadelphia for you guys uh, the first match was just announced yesterday Cassius Odo is going to be taking on the Velveteen Dream Velveteen Dream is one of my favorite uh, acts in the entire company. I think the guy's going to be a humongous star on the main roster whenever they bring him up. He's only like 23 years old, just insanely talented, and his gimmick is perfect for what he's doing. Cassius Ono, Chris Hero, whatever you want to call him. You know, this will be a great match. Uh, I have Velveteen Dream getting the win in this one. Um, Up next, we got the Undisputed Era of Fish and O'Reilly taking on the Authors of Pain for the NXT Tag Team Championships. I'm going to take the Undisputed Era to retain. I think there's just too much they can do with Fish and uh, Fish and O'Reilly. They're a great tag team, Red Dragon from outside the WWE. Everyone knows how great they are, and I think the Authors of Pain will be on the main roster sooner than later because I don't think there's much left for them to do on NXT. So once again, I'm taking the Undisputed Era in that one for the to retain the tag team championships. Um, Ember Moon versus Shayna Baszler next up here. Singles match for the NXT Women's Championship. 
I absolutely love Shayna Baszler. Uh, I think Ember Moon's great as well, but Shayna is by far my favorite woman on the roster uh, of NXT or of the main roster, to be honest. She's my favorite women's wrestler currently in the company. I love what she does. I'm a huge fan of her, you know, from her MMA days and, you know, her background with Josh Barnett and training with Billy Robinson and all those guys. So big, big Baszler fan. I don't know if she's going to win the title in this in this match. Uh, Moon's championship reign is still pretty young. I love Moon's finisher, by the way. The Eclipse is one of my favorites. But I'm going to take Baszler in somewhat of an upset to win the NXT Women's Championship and hopefully go on a on a, a really big run there. After that, we got Aleister Black versus Adam Cole in an Extreme Rules match. I think this match is going to be amazing. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of both of these guys. I think that Adam Cole needs to win more than Aleister does. And I think it being an Extreme Rules match is going to be the out that the WWE needs to give Adam Cole to win this match. Because otherwise, I think Aleister Black would win if it was just a straight-up match. I think he's been booked so strongly that I think Black is going to stay undefeated as far as like just regular matches are concerned. But this Extreme Rules match will be a way for Adam Cole in the Undisputed Era to get the upper hand. So I'm taking Adam Cole Bay Bay in that one. And then last, we got the NXT Championship match. We have the current champion, Andrade Cien Almas, taking on Johnny Gargano. And this one really just comes down to booking for the future. Uh, I'm hearing that Tommaso Ciampa, the former DIY partner of Johnny Gargano, is going to be coming back from injury around March, which is right on time for them to have a match at NXT TakeOver New Orleans, WrestleMania weekend. So I'm going to take Johnny Gargano to win the title in this one. And... I think Cien will be on the main roster soon as well. I think it's actually kind of surprising he's been on NXT as long as he has, considering the uh, you know Hispanic demographic that loves WWE. They have a huge you know hardcore fan base for for pro wrestling, and they're missing a superstar like you know right now you know no Rey Mysterio, no Alberto Del Rio, uh, Kalisto really isn't over. Some of the cruiserweight guys just really aren't doing it. So I think Cien Almas is kind of the guy that they need to carry that kind of Hispanic flag for the company. And he's a really, really good worker, been a fan of his since his days in New Japan. So, you know, I'd see big things for Almas, but I think it makes more sense to give Gargano the championship and let him and Champa feud for the title going into WrestleMania weekend. So those are my NXT predictions. And now we can start unpacking the rest of that stuff. And where do you want to start? Oh, gosh. Let's start with, uh, let's start with the bad news. Enzo. Um, gosh, I mean, in today's society, you know, there's, there's a lot of allegations going around, a lot of things being talked about and, uh, and, and things being happening. You, you, uh, you hate for everybody involved. Um, you know, it's, uh, so serious in today's world that who knows what's going on with this? I don't know. I mean, there's so many of these instances occurring and, and coming out. Um, and I think that, uh, WWE had no choice, you know. Their, their hands were tied, and uh, and I don't think this is a situation where they could sit around and wait to see if uh, if he was guilty or not. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree 100%, and it's, it's definitely worth noting, you know, he isn't getting fired, from what I understand. He's not getting fired, or he hasn't been fired, rather, because of the actual incident yet, because it's still under investigation. The company fired him. Because they have a morality clause that states if you are involved in something like this, you have to let the company know about it. And which is which the major company 
um, liability cover their ass type of thing, right? Uh, this is a great out for them. For any, and a lot of companies do this uh, for them to be able to get set rid of somebody um, before they even have to worry about whether this person is guilty or not, or be dragged through months of a trial and their names be in the mud. It's a great way for if somebody slips up and they don't report it to be able to get rid of them. Yeah, for sure. And you also got to look at the you know the kind of situation of this happened back in October, I believe October, November is like when it was started to be investigated. And like from WWE's perspective, like the reason you have to disclose these things is because I don't know if they, you know, I don't know how they would have handled it if he wasn't guilty and he was just being accused of things and they knew about it. But with them not knowing about it, he was their cruiserweight champion. They built the entire 205 live show around him. Like they gave him a big push on Raw, on a Mix Max Challenge, on like he's like a featured guy. So like that's the th- like because if they knew that this was being investigated, I would doubt that they would give him all of these things knowing that there was a possibility that something would happen. You know what I mean? Like like you he, he you wouldn't go with him. They, they would definitely hit him or what? Yes, and, and if not even just hiding him, you don't give him that kind of spotlight. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? It's just, right. you know, you you wouldn't build an entire show and a title around somebody. You might leave him on the show. You might, I mean, whatever you do with him, we don't know. But because here, here's the thing. You also have to give people the benefit of the doubt, like guilty until, or sorry, innocent until proven guilty is how it should be at least. And I'm not, I'm not defending Enzo Amore. Like, I don't know him personally. I don't, I just know that there are a lot of accusations going on all over the place in wrestling and outside of it, just like you said, Paul. So, you know, I feel like if he's guilty, it'll be investigated and it'll come out that he was guilty and then we can all jump on it. But until that happens, he might not have done anything. We we still don't know. Like he he's pleading not guilty publicly. Right. And that's the that's the tough part and you know, I think I think I think WWE did exactly what they needed to do. They've got a policy in place. He did abide by it. Um they have every right. You they put a lot of time and money and and effort into him. Um, and he didn't do what he was supposed to have done, which was reported that. Um, at the same time, it, you know, you have to wait it out and see. I think if he comes out of this and and he is innocent, he's proven innocent, um, uh, then there's definitely at some point in time, you know, never say never, right? I mean, there's something. But if he's guilty, he's then he's going to get everything he deserves on that. And, uh, and that's a lot of these cases. There's a lot of accusations out there in Hollywood and everything like that that we're still even waiting on. Uh, we just have to be real careful on both sides of it uh, to, you know, not prosecute before things are done and taken care of, you know. Uh, and we tend to do that a lot of times. A lot of times we tend to say guilty until proven innocent. Uh, but we, we do have to go on the side of innocent until proven guilty. But either way, uh, justice will take place. Yeah. Exactly. So we'll see what happens. But for the time being, you know, Enzo More fired and he was also in hot water. We have to be honest about that. Like the locker room didn't like him. Apparently a lot of people backstage didn't like him going into it. So, you know, we'll, I mean, we'll just see what happens. But I'll, I'll be honest, though, at the end of the day, like that was probably the last guy they should have put the belt on to begin with. Like he was the worst like in-ring wrestler of 205 Live carrying a championship that was supposed to be about who's the best wrestler under 205 pounds and you know so like it was probably a bad decision to even like like you know any of this stuff aside he was probably the wrong guy to go with to begin with and now it's like it's all really really bit them in the ass so yeah uh, i mean he's a 
is a, uh, at, at best is a, and this would be at best, a, a modern day Jimmy, Jimmy Hart. Yeah. Uh, he, he, yeah. Had, he had manager written all over him and, and he could talk, but there was, and he could take a bump, you know, and that's a, there's some great managers that he could have been, but I definitely thought they, they, with the backstage locker room going on and, uh, really just the lack of talent on his part. He just really, he was self-proclaimed a year ago that he wasn't nearly where he needed to be as far as, uh, his abilities. Um, but he was a great talker. That's what's gotten him where he was. Uh, anyways, enough of that one. Yeah. So let's move on. Uh, we've got the XFL possible announcement coming out. I can't imagine this being anything other than an XFL announcement. The only thing I'll say about it, I'm going to let you take it away because I know you want to, you definitely want to talk about it. I'm going to say early prediction for the XFL, Brock Lesnar plays on one of the teams. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, that wasn't a joke. You don't think that he wants to play no football and also oh he'll be the he'll be the universal champion and one of the football players and yeah dude the, I watch they're gonna put like they'll probably put like multiple WWE talents that aren't doing anything watch like Kurt Hawkins be playing in the XFL or something like I'm just saying like because here's my thing it's coming back in 2020 and the reason that the timing is important for this is because that's to my understanding that's when the NFL bargaining agreements and everything like that all kind of expires and needs to get renegotiated. So there's a chance that the NFL might be on strike in 2020 and the XFL would be everyone's alternative for football. And my thing is obviously, and I'm sure it's going to be with you, with you too and everybody else, like what players are they going to be able to get to make this any better than it was the first time that they did it? Right. Well, I think I think you're gonna see definitely the announcements X, X, XFL. I mean, there's it, it's all over the internet. It's gonna be the XFL. Uh, if you're listening to this now, you, you can sit there and go, Paul was right. It was the XFL. Stephen was right. Those guys are like the modern day Nostradamuses. Um, but we, it's I don't think it's gonna have a single thing to do with the WWE. And here's why: I think by the time the XFL launches in 2020. Uh, Vince McMahon will no longer be owner of the WWE and the WWE will not be associated with, uh, the XFL in any way outside of Vince McMahon. Yeah. I, 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 I think that. that by then you're going to see that. I'm hoping that Vince is smart and he learns from his mistakes and he does not like to fail. And so I think that one, the timing is right with the bargaining agreement. But two, the culture of the NFL and the ratings have been lower yeah, uh, than they've sure. ever been before. For sure. Um, and there's just a there's a public outcry among the uh, the the ordinary working man, which the Vince knows exactly how to get to that audience. He knows exactly what to do to uh, entertain that audience. Um, that's his that's his demographic. I mean, the the NFL audience, football audience, is Vince's demographic. And so he knows that they're not happy with the current NFL product, and I think he's got some probably brilliant ideas of what to do. I hope it doesn't end up end up being like the Arena League. I hope it doesn't end up being like the old XFL. I hope he's, they spend some money and really, really put some money into this, some of these teams and get some big names and get some players out there and do some stuff that's maybe a little bit outside the box, like try to get some, some guys, some uh, – some freshman college football players who 
aren't eligible to go to the NFL, but uh, might be eligible to go to the XFL. Yeah, dude, I love all those ideas because, you know, we're hearing about that in basketball with LeVar Ball starting like a basketball league to give kids out of high school a chance to make, you know, decent money playing basketball instead of having to go to college for a year, which I think is actually a really, really good idea because I'm of the mindset without getting too deep into it. I'm of, I've always been of the mindset that college athletes should be paid, especially the ones that are bringing in like ridiculous amounts of money, like guys like Tim Tebow who sold more jerseys than anybody else, but didn't see a dime of it, like that kind of stuff. So like I've, I've, I've think that it's great to give people options. And I also want to point out as far as, you know, you mentioned like the timing and the demographic and all that stuff, which is definitely true. Think about this too. And this is like the conspiracy theorist in me a little bit, but I mean, it's all totally possible. So who's somebody who's had a gigantic feud with the NFL for a long time, but especially this year, very prominent person in the U S right now. Trump? Yeah, Donald Trump. Think about that, okay? He has a big yeah. he has a big feud with the NFL because they didn't let him buy a team years ago and he he's always, you know, had a thing with them and blah blah. Who works directly with Donald Trump in Trump. the cabinet? Linda yeah. Linda McMahon. Right. They, they, who's in the WWE Hall of Fame? Donald Trump. You know what I mean? You're like, you can't tell me that Donald Trump isn't behind, not behind like, you know, all of this happening, but if he got word from his good friend, Vincent Mann, whose wife works for him, they're all really good friends, been to the White House, the whole deal. And I mean, it's totally in the realm of possibility that Vince had a conversation with Trump and said, Hey, man, if I was to bring back the XFL, like, would you be able to make sure that it didn't fail, basically? Would you be able to help me out, you know, in ways that we need help? And he'd probably be like, fuck yeah, like, I hate the NFL. Like, fuck these guys. Let's, let's shake it up. <laughs> this is going to be the most patriotic sports league ever in existence. Yeah, I saw somebody joking on Twitter. I wish I knew who it was, but I saw a tweet, just a random tweet that was like, the XFL is going to offer – um helmet to helmet contact for everybody who everybody who kneels during the anthem <laughs> <laughs> well first of all i i guarantee you if you kneel the, for the anthem in vince's league uh you'll be fined fired or something like that vince may come out and just actually fire you on the spot he gets on the microphone just you're fired <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. If anybody knelt, they immediately get a Vincent McMahon, you're fired in their face right there. Yeah, and the whole crowd uh, just, na-na-na-na, na-na-na, <laughs> well, and you get the whole pro wrestling it. firing in, in the middle of a football game. <laughs> we kind of talked about it already, I, I, and really that's kind of all we know. We don't, we, we're we assuming it's an XFL announcement, but I think it's going to be exciting. Uh, I, listen, I, we haven't had a real contender for any kind of um, sports program since Vince threw his hat in. I, I think it's really, really exciting. I, how were you during the XFL when it – do you remember it a lot when yeah. it launched the last time? Yeah, I mean, and I couldn't even get into it like as as much as I would have liked to as far – because I'm a, you know, a big NFL fan. I was really into the XFL when it first came out, as well as other like alternate sports. Like that was around the time that like Slam Ball was big on Spike TV. Like I was into like oh, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was looking for sports alternatives for sure. And even like roller rollerball or roller derby, whatever it was called, it used to come on after ECW on uh, the Nashville Network TNN. 
back before with Spike and all that stuff. Um, I used to love that kind of stuff. And the, what I remember most from the XFL, though, to be honest, is the pregame stuff. Because I don't know if you remember Opie and Anthony, who used to do radio for, oh, like, yeah. forever. Um, they did the pregame stuff, and it was, like, hilarious because they clearly didn't give a fuck at all about the XFL and didn't know anything about it. But we're like oh, doing a sideline review, uh, sideline interviewing, and I remember one time they interviewed uh, Bob Golick, uh, the uh, the ex NFL player who was on Saved by the Bell the college years, and uh, I remember I just the thing I remember most about the entire NFL was Anthony Cumia asking Bob Golick during a game during a broadcast like, "Hey, so uh, so you're Jesse the Body Ventura?" and he was like, "I'm the Body Bob Golick." And then he just put the microphone down and walked away. Like that was that was the, that's that's what I remember most about the XFL. Well, it's the the XFL was it was really interesting because they tried to find um, individuals per market that the local market knew, right? So um, there was some radio host. Birmingham, Alabama had a team, and there were some local radio disc jockeys that became the play-by-play announcers. They, they just took some DJs and made them the play-by-play announcers. It was uh, Rick and Bubba. And so was it Bubba Bubba the Love Sponge? Do what? No, was, no, no okay. I was about to say, God damn, no, I hate that guy. Completely different. <laughs> so for the Birmingham game, if you were to tune in, you would hear Rick and Bubba, and that's what the name they went by, Rick and Bubba, calling the play. Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. And, and it, was, it, was, it was completely just a – uh, I think Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler were involved in the play calling. They were, yeah. Um, I, I don't remember know if they that. Were, I don't know if they were part of like a specific team or if they were just like an overall announcement team, but um, they were part of the group. You had you had so many things that were, I think, also reflective of the Attitude Era things that were working. I mean, this the XFL came out in two thousand one, so Vince is riding real high on ratings and buying things and just he's everything he's throwing out there is working right just beat wcw um, like right yeah. i mean so everything he's throwing out there has been working and he just misjudged um football in america he he, he applied a lot of what he was doing for wwf at the time and and, and threw it in there but it, it didn't work but it i think now you've got a more mature you've got a, a vince understands uh, social media. You've got events that um, understands having your own network as far as like the WWE network um, and being able to broadcast things. I think he gets a lot of that a lot more than the 2001 Vince does. Um, let's get into the whole Disney thing. Then we can go to the Royal Rumble. I, I just want to touch on that. Uh, Disney versus uh, Triple H and Steph. I'm of the mindset that Vince is going to sell us to Disney and you're going to see them just walk away with a, a stupid ton of money. I mean, I could see that too, I, but it's one of those things where like, man, if they were to sell to Disney, you would think that the only way it would be like contingent on Triple H or Shane or Stephanie or somebody staying on as like the president to like, like who the fuck is gonna know how to run? Like, there are very few people out there that I think can run a wrestling business as a worldwidely large as the WWE that hasn't 
been in the pro wrestling business for like a super long amount of time. Like no one else is going to understand really how to do it and how how it's so like that machine is so big. They're involved in so much stuff on on literally a a daily basis and even some even more micro than that. Like Vince is so hands on that the dude to this day probably only sleeps like two three hours a day. Like he just is just constantly working. Right. You know. So, but I mean, but the, I, the thing is, if you sell to a big company like Disney, like history will tell you that they'll gut it and and bring their own people and do it their way. You know. Well, I think I, I'll be honest with you. I think it. Either way, I, th- I think there's a it's a distress signal for wrestling. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think it's a uh, if they sell it to Disney, I think it's the death of wrestling. I really do. I mean, I'm gonna go out there and say right now that um, I I think it that it it signals multiple things. If Vince sells it, the only way he sells it to Disney is Stephanie and Triple H have signed off that that's what they want. I think 100% he would let the two of them run that company. Um, but I believe that if they sell it to Disney, then this is a McMahon family statement going, the audience has gotten too smart. The game has changed too much. Wrestling isn't what it used to be. The audience can't maintain. we got to make our money while we can before it dies out. It's an interesting way to look at it, man. I, I mean... I I don't disagree, but we also have to keep in mind Ross still does you know like three to four million people like every sure. two you know two to four I mean it fluctuates so much but you sure. know oh, every single Monday and all their other shows but but the business is definitely changing like my thing with Vince getting out now I mean it, it's probably overdue to be honest and this is I'll get really real about it like I think the Vincent man. Like I hate saying this, I because he's he's literally a, he's a god, dude. Like as far as like he created something that like people, millions of people, like for years and years and years, like really really get attached to. I mean, like Vince is the fucking man in pro wrestling. There's nothing bigger than Vince McMahon in pro wrestling ever. But he's an he's an old man, and it's he's out. It's he's outdated. Like he just he doesn't he's not paying attention like Triple H is to what's going on outside of the WWE. And how the in-ring style has changed, the way that people do business has changed, the the way you connect to the crowd has changed. Uh, well, let me know. ask you this. Let me ask you this. What if on the flip side of that, you take that same mindset, that, that and then I know it's kind of a dark statement to make on a, a wrestling podcast, but what if that is not Triple H and Stephanie's mindset? What if they think the bit that wrestling is something that still can, be, can thrive? And I think that maybe the two of them do. Um but Vince is so stubborn that he's just like, no, this is my decision to make, and we're selling it while we, we can because he believes that it, you can't move forward. Yeah, I mean, that's – that'd be – yeah, I, I just have to believe that all these years of grooming Triple H and Stephanie to take it, like, would just all be – like, I feel like that would – I think that I feel like that would offend Triple H. You know what I mean? Like that, like sure. you know, like I mean, because he's been working his fucking ass off. I mean, and here's the other thing too: is Triple H clearly sees what's happening outside WWE, like all the stuff that I was mentioning before. He actually gets it, and you can see it through NXT because he books NXT and he reruns every aspect of NXT. Like so, apparently, what's been happening, and I don't know to what extent, but from what I understand. 
Triple H and Vince have butted heads a lot backstage over the booking of NXT talent that they're bringing up because Triple H is like, look, it's working here over and over and over again. Um, Sorry, someone just tried to call in. It's working here over and over and over again in NXT with the guys that I'm finding and it's working and the fans love it and it's it's killing it on the WWE network and the 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 shows are better the night before the main WWE shows every time they run one they're out they're out doing the WWE product at every turn when they're up head to head with them basically and Vince for whatever reason is like you said he's so stubborn that he just he just refuses to admit that he is disconnected now like in that what he wants isn't what other people want yeah i think I think you're 100% right on that. Um, I, and, I, and you can see it. You've seen so many talents that um, that just didn't, when they got to the WWE, it didn't transition. Whether it's Vince's hand on it, whether it's the writers and Vince saying, I, I want you to write this for them. Uh, but definitely there's something with Vince on there. And I think maybe it is he just doesn't get it. You know, that he just, and which is odd because he got a lot of really weird stuff. And the fact that he couldn't get a current talent is is odd, but um, you know, I, either way, it's going to be interesting to see how this, this turns out because I think I do believe you know, it, regardless of that, if you if they if they sell to Disney, um, then that's it. I mean, there's there's going to be cartoons, there's going to be overproduced and not understood, and and, and I just think it's going to be the death of it. Well, shit, let's leave it at that for now. Uh, <laughs> you know, we probably shouldn't even do these uh, these predictions because the WWE just might not even make it. So, who cares? <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. This has been up. Fight Talk with Steve. I'm just going to end the podcast, too. God damn it. I'm doing this for no reason. Um... <laughs> but hey, okay, so we're gonna do our Royal Rumble prediction. Your audience now realizes why Paul's hardly ever on the podcast. Yeah, this is the last time we'll be hearing from Paul Brady on Fight Talk. Um, it's, this is, it's January. It's that downtime of the year. There's no leaves on the trees. It's dark and gloomy. I'm just, you know, I I I don't. I I have so many fond memories of of my childhood with wrestling. I don't want to lose it, and Disney just scares the hell out of me because I don't want to lose what I still enjoy. Um, as a 40-year-old man who watches wrestling every week and, and now has a, a three-year-old son and has gone through wrestling with a 16-year-old son. And, and you know, I, I love passing that on to my kids. I love sharing it with them. I just don't want to lose it. So it kind of makes me – there's a little bit of a sadness in there. So don't take my, don't take my negativity as, as anything but my passion and love for the business. Yeah, no, I, I didn't take it as anything other. I totally understand. I'm in the same mindset. Um, and before I get started on the predictions with Paul for the Rumble matches themselves, I want to give a shout out real quick to Samantha Dershowitz. Um, Samantha is a girl who I knew back in college. Actually, I knew her back in high school and college. We went to the same college. But uh, she recently, just out of the blue, mailed me a signed Chris Jericho Fozzie Judas CD. So... Thank wow. you. Yeah, thank you so much to Samantha. Um, she just knows I'm a big fan because I'm always posting about the stuff I'm doing on, on uh, Facebook and stuff. And Chris Jericho happened to come into where she works in New York and signed some albums for people. And she just said, hey, it's been sitting on my desk. I figured you might want it. And that was really, really nice of her. So thank you to Sam for sending that. I really appreciate it. Man, I'm, I'm pretty 
pretty sure I'm blocked by every girl I do in college. I don't think they're sending me anything. <laughs> no, Sam was, Sam was a really, really cool girl. I'm sure she still is. I, I haven't talked to her in so long. That's why I was so unexpected too. Like, uh, just out of the blue. Hey, I have this thing that you would probably like more than me. And just, so that was, wow. that was awesome. That's awesome. Sitting here yeah. right in right in front of me as I record this. So and Chris Jericho is my favorite wrestler of all time. Everyone knows that. So I mean it's it's a huge. Have you done your raw review of the twenty fifth anniversary? No, and I probably won't. I'll give you a review of it right now for anyone listening. It was okay. It was okay. Yeah, I, it was um and because we could probably do a whole podcast just that, but it was for me. It was um. It was it was like spending nine months of your wife being pregnant, and then once the baby's born, realizing you have an ugly baby. It's, it was it was wow! I'm so happy it's here, but at the same time, that's really ugly. Yeah, and that's that's how the whole thing went. Was like you just kept hoping. Well, maybe as they get older, it, as it goes along, it'll get better. But it didn't. It didn't get better. Well, I think it was pretty telling at the beginning when, like, you know, because Stone Cold came out and he killed it like he always did. But it was so – it's so predictable of, like, they're going to drink the beer and eat Sunners, drink yeah. beer and eat Sunners. And yeah. it's like we've – if Stone Cold would have come out, just cut, like, a like a badass promo because he looks like he's in awesome shape still. Just come out and, like, bust out a fucking awesome promo. You just talk about he is the baddest son of a bitch to ever wrestle and, you know – Screw Hulk Hogan, screw the Raw, blah, blah, He's saying, I respect you, all these guys, but you know what? I was the man here on Raw. Like, the Attitude Era, blah, blah, blah. And then everyone just goes nuts, and they throw a beer into the ring, and he just has a beer batch. And, and maybe stunners a couple jobbers who run in or something. You know, just, just, but yeah. you knew that he was just going to be stunning Vince and Shane back and forth. And it was old after, I'll be honest, like, after the first one, I was like, okay, that was enough. I don't know why it, we, you know. It took so long to build up to the stunner. Right. And we all know it's coming. So that was what was so awkward. It was like, man, we know it's coming. Why is it? What are y'all doing right now? Y'all keep just clanking. What? Stun him. You know, it was. And the fact he didn't talk at all was a little bit awkward for me. But it, anyways, it was. There was a lot of people I was missing. But you talked about Chris Jericho. I thought his bit was amazing. Yeah. Um, Jericho was everything I wanted Jericho to be. But like, I mean, he always is, right? And he was wearing his New Japan Pro Wrestling Alpha Club shirt on WWE TV, which is awesome. Because um, he's Chris Jericho. Because he's the man. He's the best of all time, dude. Like, I don't think it's even debatable. Now, I mean, obviously, there are people you can you can debate. But, but like, for me, with what he's done in wrestling, and especially now that he's working in New Japan and putting on – he had a five-star match with Kenny Omega in January, or the, earlier this month, you know, rather. Like, I, I, I just – it's insane, and he's still working for New Japan. He's got a feud going on right now with Tetsuya Naito. It's going to be a massive match. So, like, he's 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 the man, and the stuff he does with Fozzie and all this. I mean, and then to just pop up in WWE just because he can. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Um, yeah, it was it was uh, Billy Gunn looks great. Um, do my good to see uh, Scott Hall. That was what I, was, I wanted to mention. That was my favorite part of the whole show was seeing how healthy Scott Hall looked, man. Like, to be honest, like just seeing from where he came from and then like knowing the DDP stuff he did and all the hard work he's put in. Cause he was like literally on death's door at one point for, for quite a while. And to what see him come out and look healthy was awesome. Where was Nash at? Do we know? Yeah. He, uh, he got knee surgery recently and he was supposed to be at raw, but because of the, uh, the, plane tickets 
that he was buying. Like apparently, like the only flights he could get in to the show had planes that like couldn't accommodate for how big his legs are coming off of surgery. He needed to like position oh, okay. in like a certain way. Um, now everyone knows how I feel about Kevin Nash. Uh, he'll try to charge you twenty dollars a ticket, you know, twenty dollars a picture for, for uh, oh yeah, I have an ongoing feud with with Kevin Nash, um, who was one of my favorite, who was one of my favorite wrestlers as a kid, and I met him when I was a kid, and I'll never forget that walking up to Kevin Nash in an NWO shirt, him asking me for twenty dollars for a picture at a show he wasn't even wrestling at, but was advertised to wrestle at. So yeah. I love that though. I think that's hilarious. Well, I was I was disappointed the Rock wasn't there. I was disappointed Hogan wasn't there. Um, there's a lot of people that that I really thought should have been there that wasn't, but uh, it was it, it was. I mean, it's it, it's tough because they, they only get that 25th anniversary once, and you know. Yeah, it's a it's a shame that Hogan wasn't asked to come. You know, I well, it was I. Foley. Well, Foley didn't come because he he was invited, but apparently turned it down because he wants to actually stay true to the storyline that he's a part of. And, you know, he was, like, fired from Raw General Manager not that long ago and didn't want to, like, pop up and, like, be like, oh, yay, I'm happy to be on the 25th anniversary, you know. So, yeah, but still, it's the 25th anniversary. Dude, I'm good with not seeing any more Mick Foley. I, dude, I, lo- I love Mick Foley. <laughs> like, he was one of my... Dude, Mankind is one of the most genius characters in the history of pro wrestling. But, like, now when I see him, I just feel bad most of the time. Because I'm like, God, this guy looks like he is beaten up. He's corny. He isn't... Like, he's not the hardcore legend anymore. Like, that's the dude I want to remember is, is yeah. you know, Cactus yeah. Jack, you know, Mankind, Dude Love. Like, you know, the real Mick Foley, like, that I grew up not on. The, not the Santa Claus lover? The Santa, yeah, that, that's fine if he wants to do that outside of wrestling and do his, his one-man show and comedy act and all that stuff. That's totally fine. It, more power to him. Like, I'm a fan of Mick Foley. I'm just not a fan of seeing him on WWE TV and, and being that instead of, like, the guy I grew up watching, you know? Yeah. Let's talk about Royal Rumble, our favorite event of the year. Yeah, man. Let's do it. We'll start right out with the Usos taking on Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin, two out of three falls match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. We'll try to do this like we always have, Paul, where we'll alternate uh, first prediction on each one. Um I'll start it off. I'll say that, and once again, you can see all my predictions on Daily DDT. And I also need to mention right now, geez, I can't believe I didn't mention it. I'll put something at the beginning of the show that people have already heard if they're listening to this. But this is brought to you by WrestleRumble.com, these predictions. Uh, this is where you go to make money and to win prizes to pick the Royal Rumble predictions. Uh, the first place prize is $1,000 cash this time. So Man. you can win $1,000 for predicting pro wrestling. The uh second place prize is $100 cash, which you're kind of like, man, 1000 to 100, that's a pretty big drop, but you get $100 cash and a replica WWF Winged Eagle Championship title belt. Oh, so, that's amazing. Yeah, so that's worth quite a bit more than just the $100. Um right. and then there's cash and artwork for uh third, fourth, fifth and and so on. There's other prizes. But there's like cool artwork from uh, from some of these websites that do drawings and uh, paintings and stuff for pro wrestling. And so it, there's a really great prize list, a lot of cash over at WrestleRumble.com. So go and sign up right now. And I'll try to mention that throughout the rest of the predictions because they are they're just fucking awesome. I love the people over there and their their contests are great. 
So, and that's not even well, like a and, paid and plug. Always, they fucking love it. Yeah. Uh, through through, the, through the, the times of doing this, if you want to win that $1,000, you all you, it's real simple. You just have to pick the opposite of what we say. Exactly. We're giving you the keys. Right. We we never get anything right on our predictions. So just go the opposite and you've got you've got a thousand bucks of cash. Dude, and that's money that shit, a thousand bucks of cash, that goes a long, long way for someone like me. I'm coming for that prize myself. Um listen listen to every single one of these predictions that we're about to lay out for you. Go with the opposite and walk away with the grand. It's 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 that simple. There you go. Alright, man. As far as predictions go, I'm going to take Gable and Benjamin to win this two out of three falls match and finally win the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. And my reasoning is is pretty simple. Like, Gable and Benjamin have been fairly underwhelming. They get kind of a lukewarm response. I see huge money in Chad Gable. I've been saying that for a long time now as a singles guy. But, <clears throat> excuse me, he's great in tag teams too. But I don't think Gable and Benjamin have had the type of traction that American Alpha had when they were together before they got split up. Um, so I think they need this title win. And whether they're heels or baby faces, I, I think they're going the heel route now, which I think is a good idea. I think it's time to see if they can sink or swim with the titles. Like, this is a good chance to see, like, can you make that connection with the crowd? We're going to give you a push. You get the belts, and let's see what you guys can really do as a team. If it works, it's it's great, and it worked, and they can keep going upwards. If it fails, uh we might not see a whole lot from this team. I don't know. I think it can go really, really kind of two polar opposite ways. But I think that Gable and Benjamin need it. And I think that the Usos are doing the best work of their career right now. Um, but they're in a position where I don't think that they need the win because they're just going to be perennial contenders for the belts regardless. Like no matter who the title holders are, the Usos will always be right there ready for a title shot. So I'm going to take Gable and Benjamin. What about you, Paul? I'm going to do the opposite of this one. Uh, you're going to make a decision on which one you go with on this. I'm going to go with the Usos. Um, not only am I going to go with the Usos, I'm going to go with an after-down-the-road prediction on this. I'm going to go with the split of Gable and Benjamin. Uh, I think they're going to break the team up. I think that you're going to see there's going to be a little bit of feuding going on. And I think they're going to put the heat on Gable and uh, flip Benjamin to a really super good guy and uh and try to spin gable as a bad guy and i think you're gonna split him up and i think the usos win this one easy okay so right there we, we, i mean already already taken opposite sides i like it and that way uh one of us is right one of us is wrong and someone won money at wrestlerumble.com all right up next well, what do you think about the split you, no comment on that one um i don't see it happening just yet but I don't, I don't. But I don't think that it's not in the realm of possibility. Like that's just that's kind of what I'm saying with like sink or swim. Like I, I don't, I don't know if they've given them enough of a chance. But I do think Chad Gable is better suited as a singles guy. I, I think that they, uh, I, I think they're going. Here's the thing: maybe five, six years ago, they wouldn't have split them that quick. Uh, but it's it's pretty fast nowadays. How how much time they give somebody and then they move on you know, to see if it's going to work or not. They're, they've got a lot faster with this is working or this isn't working. And right. I, think they're, I don't think they think this is working with them together, but that's my opinion. Sure. Hey, that's fine. That's, that's all good insight, man. We'll see what happens. Um, up next, we have the tag team championship match on the raw side. 
We have the champions, Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan, taking on The Bar, Cesaro and Sheamus. Um, dude, I actually have really warmed up to the Jason Jordan thing. Like, at first, I, it was, like, cringeworthy. I, I couldn't stand it. But now I see that they're clearly building him for a heel run, and the crowd loves to fucking boo him. So, I and he's, he's a really athletic guy. Like, I mean, he's... It's going to be interesting to see what they do with him. And I like the dynamic between him and Rollins right now, especially with Ambrose Hurt and the Shield thing not really working out and everything. Um, I I like it. And, of course, the bar is kind of like the Usos over on SmackDown. Like, the bar on Raw are kind of the perennial contenders. They're always in the mix, win or lose. Uh, Paul, what are your thoughts on this match, and who do you have winning? Here's the thing. Take what I just said and apply it again. I want to go the exact same route. I'm going to go with the bar winning, and you're going to split uh, Rollins over to a good guy and Jordan over to a heel. All right. I'm going to take the exact same booking and apply it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that wouldn't be the first time in recent <laughs> memory. I mean, much. look at the the uh, ab- Absolution and uh, the Riot Squad were like right. the same exact thing at uh, the same exact uh, time. Yeah, I'm going to take the exact same booking. I'm going to go with the bars, the winners, and then you split the other group. You turn one heel, and then turn the other one babyface. Okay. Hey, did you see... Or you the, keep the other one babyface. Did you see Seth Rollins bring back the curb stomp the other week? Man. Well, they're just calling it the stomp now, though, right? Well, they they were it. they were calling it the stomp on social media, but now the official name they're using is the blackout. The blackout. I, uh, yeah, I saw it. I, uh, I mean... So that's a tough one to set up for too, though, isn't it? I mean, it's a weird, it's a weird finisher. It is, but it's it, so much better than what he was using. It's so much better than this, like the because yeah. the, the fans pop for it, and it looks brutal. Like I know the setup's a little weird, but I mean, just the idea of just getting stomped to the back of the neck like that, right. just face first, is like that's such a believable finisher. Yeah, I mean, I saw, I, I believe it's a believable finisher. I just think the setup for it is so. I saw a, like little clip of like I think it was like. After Raw went off the air, Rollins came out and uh, curb stomped. Uh, who did he curb stomp? Did you see this video? I you got, like all the you got all the legends in the ring, and Rollins is out there and he curb stomps. Oh no, I wasn't watching, but it was like one of the revival guys. Were they still in there? It was it was somebody, but he he, he obviously it was somebody, but he curb stomps them, and that was the first thing I thought was, man, that stomp looks vicious, and two. Boy, that setup for that stomp looks really bad. Right. I mean, it's just a, hey, just if you don't mind, just sit down here on all fours while I run the ropes and then come over here and stomp you. It just yeah. seems like something so easy just to not have happened to you, too. Yeah, but we've seen we've seen plenty of those in wrestling, like Booker T's <laughs> axe kick and stuff, where he like kicks you in the gut, then like hits the ropes while you're just like bent over and stuff like that, and like Billy Gunn just you know bend over so he can do the fame ass or not. I mean, like, but I do what you're saying. I don't necessarily like that that's the case, but you know, it just is what it is. I guess I I I'll definitely take the blackout over that. Uh, Rainmaker knee he was using, and then like, you know, and then it's cool to see that he's not doing the pedigree anymore and and stuff because like it wouldn't make any sense for him to after the Triple H feud. So I it mean, reminds me of like the Randy Orton punt where it's like you're about to take something so vicious you're just gonna stand there and and let him back up and and punch you in the head as hard as he can. Right. But, yeah. We'll see. We'll, well see. Anyways, that's my prediction. What's yours? 
I've got Rollins and Jordan retaining, so we are opposite once again. And I'm taking it because I just want to see more of what they're going to do with the te- like the team, and, and I just think it's going to go on a little bit longer before the split. So, uh, but I think it'll be a really good match. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, uh, Wolves going to be right. Exactly. So, and it's cool we're seeing opposite. And once again, WrestleRumble.com is a place to be to make these picks. Up next, we've got AJ Styles defending his WWE Championship in a handicap match against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. This is an interesting one because I think it'll be a good match. I think it'll be entertaining because all three of these guys are three of the best in the world. I think that they're all amazing. AJ Styles in particular is probably the best in any company right now. And I've been saying that for quite a while, but I really believe it. He's just insanely talented. Um, I don't see the WWE making Owens and Zayn co-WWE champions. I just do not see them doing that and with the odds being so stacked one-sided against AJ the prediction the bold prediction that I made in my daily DDT picks is that this will be the first time we see Daniel Bryan hit a move in a WWE ring since you know having to retire and all that stuff I think that to swerve the fans we're gonna get Owens and Zayn are like on the cusp of beating AJ Styles and it looks like Daniel Bryan is helping him do it. And then out of nowhere, Daniel Bryan hits like a running knee to one of the guys and AJ Styles capitalizes for the win and it plants the seeds for Daniel Bryan coming back and wrestling later this year. Cause it sounds like that's actually a possibility and the, the fucking roof would blow off the, the building if people saw that. So um, that's what I'm going with. It's a bold prediction, but my, my main thing is I don't know how you, they're going to have to do something to allow Styles to beat Owens and Zayn two-on-one, and I just don't see him doing it by himself. So that's what I'm going with. What about you, Paul? Man, we're really close on this one, but I'm going to go the opposite pick. I, uh, I'm i going to go with uh, Sammy and Kevin as the first-ever co-title uh, owners. Wow, okay. I, I think that they're going to pull it off, and I think that it's going to be with the help of Daniel Bryan. I mean, I don't hate that either. Like, I just want to see Daniel Bryan involved in something interesting because I, I think he's I think been that, boring uh, as the I general think, manager. Yeah, I think you're going to see uh, Daniel Bryan help Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. They're going to win. They're going to be co-owners of the title. Um, I think that you're going to see uh, eventually at WrestleMania uh, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. Um, and I think that's that's going to be a great great match to play out. That would I be a hell of a match. Right here. That'd be a hell of a match, man. Uh, I'd love to see it. It's a match that happened. I mean, it's it what happened probably a few times, like a long time ago, back in like the Ring of Honor days and stuff. So that'd be really cool to see again, like fifteen years later in the WWE ring. Now, Daniel Bryan was never in TNA, was he? No, no, he wasn't. Okay. Um, right. outside of he might have done like some like explosion matches or dark matches or stuff with them, but he was never like a featured guy on their show. Um, but Daniel Bryan did do some, some dark match work and stuff with w, uh, WWF at the time. Uh, uh, I, I, remember, I remember hearing about that, but I, I couldn't remember if he was in TNA or not, but that's, yeah. that's my prediction is that you're going to have, uh, uh, what was it? Cammy. Yeah. Oh, AJ calls him Cammy. Yeah. Cammy's going to win and it's going to set up a great feud. Um, I think this is going to be. I think this is going to be really exciting to watch. Yeah, AJ Styles sounds so corny when he says that. By the way, but uh, but I will say that 
uh, that that interview he did with uh, me and Gene on Raw twenty five was awesome though. Oh, doing the whole man. doing the Hulkster, I love that. Man, that was great. That was solid. And you almost you respect him so much more because how much he loves wrestling. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. So, wow, we are we're differing on on both of these picks. So, we'll see what happens, all man. Way, all the way through, we've been opposites. All the way. I'm interested to see your choice in this one. And you're going first. We have a triple threat match for the WWE Universal Championship. We've got Brock Lesnar defending his title. He'll have Paul Heyman at his side, of course, taking on Braun Strowman and Kane in a triple threat match. And I apologize if you hear a little bit of noise in the background. There's a dude near the building I'm in who uh, decided to start soldering something in the middle of the day. So I don't know if you guys can hear that or not. I mean, it's not, it isn't very loud, but it just apologies if you do hear that in the background at all. But, uh, Sometimes you just gotta solder, man. It's just gotta, yeah, I guess so. I've never seen this guy. I mean, I've lived here for two years. I've never seen this happen, but he decided to do it while I was recording a podcast, throwing wood around. So, hey, we'll see. Um, Yeah, solder. We need solder, man. (laughs) Well, anyway, as much as this, as as far as this match is concerned, um, I'm really not that interested in this match, and it sucks that that's the case. I, I think that. Braun Strowman was exposed, his inexperience at least, was exposed uh, pretty heavily when he wrestled Brock at No Mercy uh, last year. I I still think Braun's great, and I think that he's been built great as a character, as like a monster among men. Like I think that that's, that's been done very, very well, um, but I don't think he's at a point where he can carry like main event matches like a guy like Brock could or a, a guy like uh, Daniel Bryan or sorry, well, Daniel Bryan would be an example, but I meant to say AJ Styles. Um, you know, some of these guys that can like really, even Roman Reigns, like as much hate as Roman Reigns gets, he can help put together really good matches with really good people. Like he's had very, very good matches pretty consistently. And then you got a guy like Kane who, I just don't think there's a chance in hell that he's winning this match. I think he's in there to take the pinfall from Brock or from Braun, uh, you know, so that neither of them has to actually lose. Um, but anyway, that's just my opinion. I'm not going to give you my prediction yet because I want you to go uh, want you to go first. So what you got, Paul? Yeah, I think I think you've got Brock sitting here wondering what his future with WWE is going to be, uh, trying to figure out where the money's going to be at with him and, and what the negotiations are going to look like. I think they hold the belt on with him all the way through until WrestleMania. Um, I, I think he's going to walk away as the winner. I do think Braun's ready. I just don't think WWE's ready because I think there's some other stuff at play in the background. Um, and you're 100% right on Kane. Kane's going to take a, a pinfall by, by one of the two of them um, and because he's got to get back to the mayor race down in Knox County. That's true. Glenn Jacobs, baby. That's right. Um, for my prediction, I'm going to take Brock as well. So we're finally on the same page here. Um, I think the F5's Kane for the win. Uh, and there's not really a whole lot I can say other than I'm I'll sure. There. Huh? I lost you there for a second. All right, we're there back. We're back. I lost connection for oh. a second. Sorry about that. Oh, no problem. Well, my prediction was Brock Lesnar. I don't know if you if you heard that part, but um, I'm picking Brock. I think he's going to hit Kane with an F5 and get the win. But I think that it'll be... A, uh, I think it'll be like a destructive match. Like we'll probably see announce tables break and stuff. And and by the way, sometimes those are questions on WrestleRumble.com. Like if an announce table will break, uh, a lot of the times they'll have questions about how many suplexes Brock Lesnar will hit during Suplex City and that kind of stuff. So 
there's probably multiple questions for Wrestle Rumble within this match itself. But I think the Brock wins, and I'm with you. I think he holds the title to WrestleMania and will most likely lose it there, but I think he'll be the champion going in. Do you think, because I feel like this booking has been played out for Brock for a little bit. Do you think they go a different angle with how he wins outside of this? Immediately he gets hurt. He's sitting over there underneath the table for a while. Like, it seems like we've seen that booking yeah. for a, a, a few times. And yeah. like, and so I'm curious to see if Brock does go over how the, how this really plays out because if, if they go with the Brock's hiding underneath the announce table from where he just got slammed in there by Braun, man, we've seen that a few times now, haven't we? Yeah, uh, too many times for my my opinion, for sure. I uh, That's kind of why I'm not that excited for this. I feel like we've pretty much seen this like a handful of times because they, they also had that four-way match with Strowman, Lesnar, Samoa Joe, and uh, I can't remember who the fourth guy was at the top of my head now. But they had a they had a four way match where it was like it was Braun and Brock, Samoa Joe, and it was another big dude. I can't remember who, but it was uh you know what I'm not to I'm not to find what that what it was because that's gonna bother me now. But who was that? Yeah, it's got me now. Uh, Joe versus Brock versus Braun. Let's find out. Oh, versus Roman Reigns, of course. Duh. Right, I don't know go. how I missed that. Um, but, but that was like the same kind of idea I feel like is that, yeah. you know, it'll be the same kind of thing and, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll just see, but I just don't think it makes any sense to change the title to Braun or to Kane right now, but I do want to see what they do with Braun afterwards because he definitely needs to be built, built up big time and they have some opportunity between now and WrestleMania to do that, but they got to keep him looking strong and. Yeah. He needs somebody present on a weekly basis to go after. Braun's not the character yet or has the ability yet to have an opponent like Brock who's not there every week to build heat on. You know? Yeah. He's not he's not the talker where he can build that heat up and Brock not be in the building. He needs an opponent who's there that they, he can go face-to-face with a little more often. Yeah. I also think that it wouldn't be the worst idea at some point. I'm not saying right now, but at some point for Paul Heyman to side with Strowman and talk for him. I think that that would be massive to be, because he'd he'd be able to do what you just said. If he had a mouthpiece that could, that could help him. Yeah. Um, You think we see Undertaker in this match? In this match? In the triple threat? Yeah. No, I don't think so. You don't think we at least like hear some gongs or anything like that? No, I don't think he'll be involved at all with this one. He might be in the Rumble match, maybe. Okay. I don't know. I don't uh, know. That's another thing I could talk about for a while. I I don't want to see the Undertaker anymore. Like, I mean, that sounds harsh, but like, I'm I'm over it, man. Like, I I he's, I, I I obviously recognize what he's done and who he is and. <laughs> I was as shocked as anybody else at WrestleMania 30. I was I've talked about it a thousand times. I was there live in the crowd in New Orleans when he lost the streak to Brock. Never been more shocked in my life as far as, you know, sports is concerned. I was just, I mean, I'm a huge Undertaker fan, you know, historically speaking, but I'm also the first to say that I think the worst match on the last WrestleMania card was Reigns versus Undertaker. I, I didn't think it was good at all. Um, 
And I think a lot of it has to do with Undertaker. You're going to see one more Undertaker match. Yeah, we're going to see this. We're going to see the Undertaker wrestle WrestleMania this year. I'm pretty sure. And I, and I think that the the promo on Raw was just a bad idea this past Monday. Like it didn't explain anything. He just came out and rambled about the same stuff he always says about resting souls in peace and stuff. And, yeah, and that was gosh, just. Did, did he look you more like a rambling old man than anything else than a scary man? Um, it's yeah. almost like he was like, I'm out here to talk to you about the peace and you got arrested and what I remember that? Y'all yeah. everybody. Yeah. Remember? Remember? It's like, oh God, come on, man. Like come on. Have some dignity, dude. Like you're the undertaker. Like I like I don't yeah. need to why do you keep doing this every like I don't know. I, I and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that he won't have a good match at WrestleMania because he might he looks like he's in really good shape. Like physically, I think his his surgeries and stuff have all gone really well. But what are you trying to prove at this point? Like it's 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 I enough. Just, I think he wants that. I think he wants that epic ending, that thing that he feels like he can walk away from. And I think maybe they tried that with laying the hat down, all the coat and stuff like that, and it just wasn't what he felt was huge enough for for his legacy. Or maybe Vince didn't think it was big enough of a deal. Yeah, I I, I, I actually I agree 100% with that. What? I agree 100% with that. I think that's exactly what happened. I think that had the match with Reigns been better. I mean, they botched the ending of the, of the match. Like, at the end of the match, he, like, like, Reigns was supposed to spear him, clearly. And there was, like, a miscommunication, and he, like, punches him instead. And then, like hits the ropes three times to hit a spear, which just looked really weird because the Undertaker just, like, stood there and watched him do it, just running back and forth yeah. around him. And, and and they botched that tombstone reversal and stuff. Like, the crowd... Like, I was... Like I guess I was there live for that, too, in, in the crowd in, in Orlando. And, like, all the fans that I was around who were, like, around my age were all just kind of looking at each other like, this is weak. Like, this is not... Like, like this isn't the WrestleMania main event level right here. This is not Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Not by any any stretch. And once again, I'm putting more of that on Undertaker than than Roman, to be honest, because Undertaker is clearly an old he's an old man. Like it's it's not easy for him to do this anymore. And I think that's the tough thing is that like this part of the Undertaker's career, I think a lot of people are grouping the Triple H Shawn Michaels matches in with. You know, right? I think I think those are what people are considering part of like the last part of his career, and expecting. And I think even maybe the Undertaker or Vince are expecting that level of a match for him just to be able to be like, "All right, that was solid. I'm gonna walk out." But I think I think I think there's some regret in there. I think there's some regret on Vince and the Undertaker on rocking in the street. And them not having a bigger ending now to be able to end the career, and them just not having a way to end his career in a big bang way that means something huge, right? And I, I and I, I think they may never find that answer. They might not, I, and we'll you know I'll just say it now because I don't. This won't affect my Royal Rumble picks for the the rest of the show because I don't have either of these guys winning the Royal Rumble. Um. I mean, I think the match is pretty clearly going to be Undertaker versus John Cena at WrestleMania. Is that what you're thinking also? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, my thing with that is, like, it's is a match that I think will be good because John Cena John Cena is on a different level than Roman Reigns as far as, like, 
all he always has John match or John match John Cena always has a good match in a big situation every single time. And well, first of all, John Cena can sell better than Reigns can. Yeah, big time for he'll, sure. He'll sell and and he also if he knows this is really them trying to make this Undertaker's last match, he will do everything in his power to make the Undertaker look unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And which, yeah, go ahead, Paul. Which is what I, I think maybe Reigns was lacking was, hey man, you you. you, you it needs to be a, it needs to be an awesome match because he's going to lay all of his stuff down or, or whatever they knew ahead of time. But he'll, he'll just not be able to experience wise and maybe skill wise be able to pull off what they needed. Yeah. Because here's the thing Undertaker's sure. only going to be able to do what he can do. You've really got to have somebody who can sell for him because he's just not where he needs to be to end his career. He's not going to be able to do the things he needs to be able to do. I don't think he's ever going to hop up on that top rope and walk again. Um, but I, you know, you've got to have somebody who can sell the heck out of stuff on an unbelievable level, but still believable. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. And Cena is, I think Cena is the guy that can do that. And, and it sounds like you agree. Um, I think that, you know, for because this match has been talked about for years. You know, it's happened before. It's actually happened twice before, I believe. Uh, as far as televised, but it was like the first time was back when John Cena was still doing like the thugonomics thing before, you know, that whole thing. And then, uh, later on, I think in like 2006, they had a match that main evented raw, I believe. Um, and, but that was, you know, over 10 years ago now, and they haven't done anything since I, I, as far as like on television. And so, I mean, I think I've always said for a long time, that if this match were to happen, and this was even when the streak was still alive, I always said that if this match was to happen at WrestleMania, John Cena needs to win with the attitude adjustment. One, two, three in the middle of the ring, and that's because that's just carrying on the business. But now, it's a little harder for me to predict because had this match happened a few years ago, that's for sure the answer for me. But now it looks like Cena's more and more part-time himself. And I don't know if a Cena win over Undertaker, especially now that Undertaker's lost to Reigns and to Lesnar at WrestleMania, um, you know, but beat Shane and Helena Cell and beat Bray Wyatt in, in that time frame as well. Like, I just don't know. Because here's the thing, too. There's there's two storylines right now that I think are at play with the two of those guys, and both separately. One of them is the storyline of John Cena needing to get that 17th world championship to surpass Ric Flair on WWE TV. That needs to happen at some point. It needs to happen soon before we don't have the chance anymore because he's not going to be around a whole lot longer, I don't think. At least not long enough to be their champion. I I, I think you got maybe two more years. Yeah, that's probably a good call. And then after that, he might be able to do the Brock Lesnar thing where, I mean, they still made him the champion and he still pops up every now and then. But Brock Lesnar is also on a different level than John Cena as far as like People, I don't think Cena would do that either. I think Cena knows he needs somebody there too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then you've got the other situation where how do you how do you end the Undertaker's career the right way? And my thing, once again, historically speaking, my idea was always Undertaker losing at WrestleMania, and this was when the streak was still alive. Once again, like it would have made a lot more sense in this scenario, but he loses, the streak's over, and 
he walks himself like into a casket or something and closes the door down and gets like lowered down under the ring or something. Like he's just fine. Like he rests himself in peace, you know, like it's, and then it's, um, but now I'm almost thinking like, is it a better way to do it where maybe John Cena somehow gets his hands on the WWE title between now and WrestleMania? It's a long shot. I don't know how it would happen, but let's say he gets that 17th win 17 title when it's this huge deal and then it's title versus uh the undertaker like it's undertaker versus john cena and the titles on the line and the undertaker actually wins like the undertaker wins the wwe title in his last match does his pose leaves the title with everything else in the ring and then like fades away and it's just like there's nothing bigger you can do like you left on top as the champion proved your point you're the man and there's literally nothing left that we can do with you yeah, I, I, I don't think they're going to be able to do the title this fast. Um, I think they're definitely going to go with Cena. I have no idea how you end this guy's legacy in his career. Um, I mean, because you've had so many opportunities now. If you're not going to end it with him laying his clothes down and his hat down and walking away, I mean, I don't know what the hell you do. And and Cena's not going to do anything. You know, I think he's. I think they're going to put him over Cena, and that's going to be whatever that is, but I, just, I don't know how you end it. With, with Cena's career, and then we'll get back to the picks, but with Cena's career, um, you know, I think he, uh, I think he makes a run for a title, and uh, and it's a quick, short run. He, he gets a title at WrestleMania, um, and then he loses immediately, and it's a done deal. And then the next year, I think maybe next year, he, he I think not this WrestleMania, but the next one, he, he hits 17, and then I think that uh, the WrestleMania after that, what would that be? Twenty twenty. Um, you're at uh, you're his last his last match. Interesting, man. I like it. There's so there's a lot of different ways I can go with that for sure. Um, all right. Well, let's get on with the rest of the picks. Brought to you yeah, by WrestleRumble.com. Um, up next, we have the first ever women's Royal Rumble match, and I'm excited for this mainly for the returns and surprises. I actually have a, a top five. Royal Rumble swerves for the women's match on the Daily DDT as well. Just wrote like just five really out there predictions that I think could possibly happen in this match. Um, and I also have predictions as far as my winner. Um, I'm first on the predictions on this one. So my pick's pretty simple. I, I you know, and like I said, I hope there's a lot of great returns. I hope there's a lot of big surprises, but I think that if Ronda Rousey enters the match, she's going to win the whole thing. Like it's just, it's just that that simple. If, if Rousey is in this, I have her winning, and I think she's gonna be there. So, you know, and my mindset on that is basically, you have an opportunity here with you know, even though Rousey's lost her last couple of UFC matches, it's still Ronda Rousey. She's still a massive, massive name, especially with the media and sports outlets and stuff. And she could lay claim to being the first ever UFC Women's Champion, and then the first ever women, winner of a Women's Royal Rumble match. And then she goes on to wrestle Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania is what I would want. And I, and I would also like to see Rousey eliminate Asuka during the Women's Royal Rumble match to set up something between uh, set up something between Asuka and Ronda Rousey like later on down the line because uh, I think that would be cool to see too. So I'm taking Ronda Rousey to win this one. What about you, Paul? Man, you took my entire booking. That's, a, that's exactly what I was going to say, all of that. 
I've, I've got, I had Ronda to win it, and uh, and I want to see her and Flair. I don't know if that's what we'll get, but that's what I want. Um, I, I think, I'm sure you put this in there, I think we're going to see Stephanie in this. I actually didn't put that. I, I just, I'm probably because I don't want to see it so badly. But I also, I, but, but, but. <laughs> she can't help herself though. You know, she's yeah. not going to be able to help herself. Well, I did just read uh, last night that Stephanie is going to be commentating this match. So hopefully that's going to keep her out of the ring. But she's going to be oh, one of the yeah, commentators. Because during the Royal Rumble, they've never pulled a commentator into the ring. Yeah, yeah. I remember that that one year they did all three of them. Michael Cole, Booker yeah. T, and Jerry Lawler all entered. Yeah, so I think uh, I think I think you'll see Stephanie in this one, despite everybody would not want to see that. Uh, but yeah, I, I I would book it the exact same way. I don't really have anything else to say outside of uh, I think you're going to see some really cool um, returns to the ring. Uh, God, please let Trish come back. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see the satisfaction. I'm actually gonna look up real quick. I jumped on uh jumped on the Daily DDT. I'm gonna just find <clears throat> I'm pulling up that article from my swerve just so you guys can hear what I have I, on uh, that. I was happy to see Kelly Kelly back in the Raw twenty five. Yeah, it still looks amazing. I still remember her being nineteen on the uh, WWE ECW show and just being like, You gotta be kidding me right now. Like it didn't matter at all if she knew how to wrestle or not. I still wanted to see her on that show. <laughs> I was also in high school during this time, so keep that in mind yeah. also. Yeah. Um, so here's my five uh, just really, really bold predictions. Some of these are way more likely than others, but uh, number five, I had Bailey will eliminate Sasha Banks, which I think would be uh, good to see because I'd like to see a Bailey heel turn just because she's not doing anything on Raw, and we saw how good she was, you know, back in NXT. Um Number my number four, I have Nia Jax will have the most eliminations, but she won't win the match. Basically, I think she's gonna look really big dominant, show. but she won't actually win. Um, very much like the, the big, big show. show. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> Say it at the same exact time. And yeah, they'll talk about how it's impossible to eliminate her the entire time, but she'll never actually win. Um, <laughs> number three, <laughs> number three, I've got Ember Moon uh, will debut while still being the NXT champion. Uh, so basically. That goes against my predictions that Shayna Baszler will win the title uh, that night. And I also, I wrote this article a couple weeks ago. But if, uh, I, I basically, I, I expect to see, or not expect, but I think it'd be cool to see Ember Moon in the Royal Rumble match. Basically to give NXT and herself like a much bigger uh, fan base. Because a lot of people still don't watch NXT. Um, yeah. My number two was Ronda Rousey will debut and eliminate a major star. Basically, her coming in and eliminating Asuka is, is how I have it set up there. We already talked about that. And uh, number one, and this is the most far out there. Hang on. Let me guess this one. Let uh-huh. me guess this one. Awesome Kong returns and wins it all. Have you read my article? No. My number one is Karma will return to WWE. No. Yep. Are you serious? Yep. I didn't say that she's gonna. I didn't say that she's gonna win, but I said she'll eliminate Nia. Oh my gosh, that's crazy! Yeah, I, that's my number one, dude. I've got Karma coming back, the awesome Kong, amazing Kong, whatever you want to call her. Um, I think she'll come back and she'll be the one to eliminate Nia. But I still think Rousey will win the whole thing. Oh, that's crazy! You have that as your number one. That's that's what that was, when they first told me this. I was like, oh my god, Kong's got to come back. 
Yeah, that's my number one, dude. Caller, but yeah. yeah, just because, and we've seen her in a Royal Rumble match uh, before. In a men's match, she came in in like 2012 or whatever it was. Yeah. Um. So anyway, that's our picks for the women's Rumble, and let's head on to the men's, which is probably my favorite match every year. The men's Royal Rumble match, and uh, we've never seen a women's one, to be fair. So gotta be gotta be unbiased there. But of course, there's a track record with the men's match that's been ongoing for quite a while. Um. You're up first for these predictions, so I'm just let you take it away. And once again, these are brought to you by WrestleRumble.com. Go ahead, Paul. Man, this. So I've been trying to think about this for just trying to wrap my head around how this is going to get played out. Um, you know, there's there's so many. I think you're going to see, or at least there's going to be an Undertaker presence. Okay, um, and I think you're going to have seen it down there in the in the final little bit. Um, because I think they've got to start setting that up. I think that's a few that's going to take a while to build up. Um, so I think you're going to see Cena with a chance, maybe even like a like a final three. Um, but I'm going to go. I've been trying to go back and forth on this. Oh man, this is great! This is great air time, by the way. This is this is awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck's your pick, dude? What the hell? I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Reigns. Yeah, setting up Reigns versus Brock at Mania Thirty. Sorry, Thirty Four. Go duh. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go with Reigns. I was I was gonna go with a ridiculous. Well, it's kind of ridiculous to say Reigns, but I was gonna go with uh with Cena, but I'm, I'm really gonna go with Reigns. Yeah, my prediction comes down, and once again, this is in my article, but in my prediction, I've got uh two front runners and a dark horse, uh. My dark horse is Dolph Ziggler. I'm not saying that he's my prediction, but I'd be, I think it'd be a really cool option if they brought him back. But he's like, you know, he won the U.S. title, he relinquished it himself, he disappeared, and we're all still. The the reason I think it'd be cool is because I'm conditioned, along with all the other fans, to believe that he's never gonna advance past a certain you know mid card status. Like we've seen it stopped and started so many times. He's been the world heavyweight champion before, but that was when, you know, that world title really didn't mean nearly as much as the WWE title did, and there was two of them, and you know the whole deal. So, right. you know, they never really went with Dolph Ziggler, and I think that'd be unexpected, and I think it'd be a really cool thing for him. Uh, and there's no debating he's he's a great wrestler, so uh, it'd be it'd be interesting to see. Uh, my other uh, my two front runners, uh, one of them is Roman Reigns. And it's for the same reasons. I think that we're for sure going to get Brock versus Roman rematching from their WrestleMania 31 match that really had no resolution because Seth Rollins came in, cashed in Money in the Bank. So um, I think we're definitely going to get that match, um, but I don't think we're going to get it based on the Royal Rumble. Although all the stars are aligning now with him losing the IC title to The Miz on Raw, like right. it's clearly being set up for this. Um my other front runner and who I have winning the match is Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, because uh, I think that he desperately, not desperately needs this, but I think it's a humongous, like, because he had so much hype coming into NXT and then he was a great NXT champion. The crowd was behind him. He was doing awesome. Came to the main roster. He's still doing really, really well crowd reaction wise and people buy his shirts and stuff. And like Shinsuke is still doing really well. But he was damaged big time 
by that Jinder Mahal feud, as was everybody else who who wrestled Jinder Mahal during that oh that title reign. Like everybody suffered during that. Um, oh, that's why I haven't been on the podcast all this time. I just couldn't talk about Jinder Mahal. Did you hear my podcast? I did. I did one podcast just celebrating his title loss, where I was like, I I had cool in the gang celebrate playing in the background, and I was just just talking shit about how bad that title reign was. Um, but you know, I, I love the Shinsuke. I, I think I think Shinsuke and Finn are the exact reasons that Triple H is so frustrated. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Uh, because, <laughs> you know, because of what he's done with him, but. Um, because and this I, also, I, I want to mention though, this, this is, you know, this sets up Shinsuke versus AJ Styles at WrestleMania, which is a match that hardcore fans want to see because they wrestled each other at Wrestle Kingdom 10, uh, for the IWGP Intercontinental title in both of their last, uh, uh, New Japan matches, basically. Like they, they wrestled each other and then they both signed with WWE at the same time that day and then made the move to WWE. And it's a match that like, it was an incredibly good match in New Japan, and it's something that the WWE audience hasn't seen. And so they have an opportunity here to have a, a match that cannot be anything other than great against with two guys that are so entertaining in the ring like and have really good styles to mesh. Like I just think it's crazy for WWE to have this opportunity to do this and just not do it. So I think that's yeah. what, what I would go with is Nakamura. It's good stuff. That's good stuff. Yeah, I, uh, I I think somewhere in there we're missing something to do with Triple H and the Balor Club and all that stuff set up for WrestleMania, but it'll work itself out. Yeah, there's gonna, oh, I'm sure there's going to be a whole lot of storylines getting put together here at this show, but as far as the predictions are concerned, once again, those have been brought to you by WrestleRumble.com. Jump on there right now. Jump on the Pick'em Contest. $1,000 cash for first place, $100 cash, and a replica WWF Winged Eagle Championship belt for second place, and then artwork and more cash for other prizes. So you do not want to miss out. And, Paul, thanks again for coming on the show. What do you have to plug before you get out of here? Well, I don't have anything to plug outside of um, keep downloading this podcast, subscribe to this podcast. Um, this is the one of the best ones that's out there when it comes to talking about real wrestling and real MMA fighting. And really talking to you like you're hanging out at a bar with one of your buddies and just shooting the breeze. Uh, a lot of these other podcasts want to lecture to you or they think they got the inside of you don't know anything and they're just going to talk down to you. It's like you and your buddy sitting around, uh, but your buddy's just a little bit smarter about wrestling and, and MMA than you are. But you really want to hear what they got to say anyways. So download and subscribe to this one. I like it, man. I appreciate the kind words and... uh We'll talk a little more off the air about this, but uh, hopefully I see you tomorrow for a couple beers or something because we'll be in the same same part of town. So looking forward, it, to, looking forward to seeing you tomorrow, bud. And everyone else, I hope you enjoy the Royal Rumble. All right. Thanks once again to Paul Brady for coming back on the show. Always a pleasure to have him on. Always great conversation. Good stuff. Good stuff. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to hit that download and subscribe button on iTunes and Google Play. Make sure to give me a five-star rating and please leave a review. It helps the podcast out so much. It really does. I know I say it all the time, but it is the truth. Please make sure to follow me on Twitter at FightTalk underscore. That's at F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. Got a Facebook group as well. Just search Fight Talk Podcast on Facebook. Simple enough. Also, if you want to support the podcast even more than you already do, make sure to check out WhatAManeuver.net. That is WhatAManeuver.net. Got t-shirts, cities, tank tops, different colors, different sizes, 
different logos, bunch of stuff for you guys at whatamaneuver.net. And anything I make on that website, I assure you, just goes right back into making the podcast better for everybody. So that's whatamaneuver.net. And if you can't buy anything off there, I totally understand. Trust me, I'm just grateful that anybody even listens to my show. So you're doing your part just by listening, and I really appreciate that. But if you can go that extra mile to help out the show a little bit, that's the place to do it, whatamaneuver.net. And I think that is going to be it for this episode. So I hope everybody enjoys the Royal Rumble, and I will be back soon. Hey,